us? Would you encourage us? Would you challenge us where need be? And Father, may we leave this hour here better equipped, uh, Lord, to be uh, vessels usable to Thee. May we be better equipped to continue the work that Jesus started. And we'll thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we know here in Exodus, God has been calling Israel out of Egypt to be with him, right? To be with him. Now, now uh, he's calling us out as well, right? He does this, doesn't he? Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing and I'll receive you unto myself. And the God's call for his children is always a call to come out of Egypt. Egypt, to come out of the world and to be with him. And he's calling us out to walk with him. He's calling us out to to have a relationship with him, to talk to him, to acknowledge his presence in every area of our life. You know, when a marriage gets areas and a relationship gets areas that are uh, unaccessible to one of the partners, you're, you're looking for trouble. You're looking for trouble. We should be absolutely open in every way. But, and this is what God wants for us. He wants every aspect of our life, every area of our life. I've been, I've been really praying this a lot lately personally. God, do you have all of my heart? Do you really have all of my heart? Do you have all of it? Is there anything that I'm keeping back? Is there anywhere that I'm just holding back that I'm not giving? And, and I mean it. I said, God, I want to know. I really want to know. I want to know. Do you have all of me? Do you have every last bit of me? It's what he wants. It's what he wants of you. It's what he deserves of you. How can you not look at Calvary and not think that God would deserve all of that and more, right? How can you not look at your eternal destination and not think that God would deserve all of that and more? And he wants that from us. But watch this. As God is drawing us to himself, what is Satan doing? He's drawing us away, isn't he? Right? He's pulling us away. He wants us not to be close to God. He wants us to be away from God. And listen, as close as you get to Satan, I shouldn't. Use, the, the word close isn't right there because you'll never be close to Satan. He has no desire for a relationship like that. Right? Yeah. You'll just be away from God. And we see here in our text that Satan, through Pharaoh, constantly was challenging Moses and the children of Israel to do something in the relationship, which is the word compromise. Compromise. He tried to keep them at least partly in Egypt, right? Boy, can't you see the illustration there? Can't you see the, the connection there? How in our own Christian life, it's, it's the, 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 the challenge isn't usually, oh, just totally walk away from God and, and leave Him. I mean, we're seeing that right now and all of these people that are deconstructing their faith and they're coming away and they're saying, well, I, I just, I'm, I've left the Christian faith. Friend, listen, the Bible's very clear. They went out from among us because they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would not have gone out from us, the Bible says. They have gone, they have, they are, quote, de- they're not deconstructing. They never were in a relationship with the living God. And it's just falling apart and not working for them. And so they're trying something else. Um, listen, a true child of God, the, the, the compromise, the, the battle isn't just to totally leave God. The compromise, the, the, the battle is to compromise just in one area, in one little place, so God doesn't have all of you. That's the, that's the challenge we have, right? That's the battle we run into. It's not to, it's not to skip church, it's to skip your Bible reading. It's not to, it's, it's not to like just walk away from everything, it's just to, you know, don't pray today. 
and don't do this. It's not just to, uh, you know, just to totally walk away from everything that you've ever believed, right? The com the compromises just don't make it such a big deal, man. Why are you? St- I mean, man, calm down, bunch of fanatics. Yeah. Says says the guy with the jacket that has all of the NASCAR logos all over it and all of the advertise. You know, you're such a fanatic. I don't know. Have you seen what you wear? <laughs> so I think you're a fanatic, man. Yeah. Yeah. Compromise. Compromise. This this is what is going on here in chapter eight. Pharaoh says, oh, go ahead and go out, go ahead, but, but, you know, at one point he says, leave your children. Moses said, no, we're not leaving the kids. Okay, he's going to go on here in a little bit. Well, just leave your, leave the animals. Well, we can't do that, right? Well, just don't go too far out. See, the compromise is always to keep one foot in the world and one foot in your relationship with Christ. Paul spoke of it in Galatians 5.17, right? For the, the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so you cannot do the things that you would. They're contrary. They're opposite. Right? My grandfather told me one day, you're as contrary as your grandmother. <laughs> right? Contrary. I was being contrary that day. The spirit and the, and the flesh... It's a constant battle. Well, you, you know, have you ever realized, did you realize this the day you got saved? Maybe about a month or so in, you realize, well, what's this going on? This ain't easy. Wait, wait a minute. Now, now I know that, I, now I recognize every sin that there is. Why am I noticing this? Why am I doing, why, where's the battle come from? Where's this thing going on inside of me? I thought this was going to be wonderful. Well, it is, right? But now, watch, now your spirit has been made alive and, the, and God himself is dwelling in you by his spirit and there's a battle going on between him and your flesh, right? And we recognize this. What's the battle? Compromise. Compromise. Yeah. Throughout the word of God, we're told, follow, follow God. Follow God. Yeah. And Satan is constantly saying, oh no, obey the flesh. Your, your flesh, I mean, sometimes, listen, friend, sometimes your flesh doesn't need Satan's help, does it? Right? You have learned patterns. You know, some of us, you came into Christ later in life and you have all these patterns of, of the flesh that your body, your brain has you know, these paths and the neurons and, the, and, and things have been firing off for so many years and you've got these deep paths in your brain and it's just, it's so easy for your flesh to go a certain direction. Hey, let me stop right here and tell you something. God can repair that brain. God can repair those paths. Listen, you may have certain addictions that you came into Christ with, but God can fix that. I'm telling you, He can, and He can change that mind. Absolutely not the mind, but He can change that brain that is, that is so detrimental uh, to, to the flesh. And the flesh is rearing up all the time, isn't it? Right. How, how many this morning the alarm went off and the flesh said, Oh, it's daylight savings time. Just take it easy, right? Everybody's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, fine. I did. All right. My alarm went off at 5.30 and I realized, no, it's 4.30. Man, it's early. Yeah. My flesh was like, no, don't do it. Yeah. It's a battle, isn't it? Egypt was a place, watch, Egypt was a place of lust and compromise where the Israelites only thought of self. Man, that sounds familiar. Kind of sound like America. A place of lust and compromise and consumption where the only thing that is thought about is self. What a selfish place we're living in now, isn't it? 
I was just seeing something the other day on online, uh, remembering the glory days of basketball and Larry Bird and these guys. And you know what you notice? Man, they passed the ball all the time. Man, they had a passing game that was out of this world. It was incredible to watch how fast that ball, you, you know, it was amazing how fast they passed. You know what they do today? Give me the ball. <clears throat> They're ball hogs. Everything's about self. They can't even play the, it's not even like a team game anymore, you know? I don't even know how I got on that. Self, that's how I got on that. Self, it's self. Verse 13, Exodus 16, 13, The children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Oh my goodness, what a bunch of whiners. You know what they forgot? Bondage. They forgot that they were in bondage to Egypt. They thought, the, and, and the food probably wasn't that great. And all what they thought they had probably really wasn't that great. They, they were just, uh, they were just uh, so used to that. And uh, compromise, compromise to go back. You've heard me say it. So many people are compromising today. I had a, a pastor friend of mine, and they've just gone a different direction. And uh, his wife has just gone a different direction. I told, I told Sherry, leeks and onions, leeks and onions. Just the old life drawing them back, drawing them back. It's sad because that's where the bondage was. Yeah, that's where the bondage was. Egypt was a place of idolatry. It was a place of worship to Satan. It was a place of bondage. Listen to Deuteronomy 22, I mean, sorry, 29, 16 through 17. For you know how that we have, that we have dwelt in the land of Egypt and how we came through the nations which ye passed by and ye have seen their abominations and their idols, wood and stone and silver and gold, which were among them. See, Egypt is a picture of what Satan wants to do with every Christian life. Bondage bondage. You know when some people finally realize it, sadly, when it's too late. You know what? I've had two words on my mind this year. Two words based upon watching people in, in our own family and some choices they've made. I've, I've had two, two words um, uh, that God, two, two words. God is real and God is right. And it gets proven over and over and over and over again in people's choices that they make and compromise that they allow into their life and decisions where they go. Even in my, in my own life, I look at things and go, well, yeah, he was right again. He was right again. Right? We're so dumb, aren't we? Aren't we dumb sometimes? Maybe that's why Jesus called us sheep. Yeah. It's a picture. It's, Egypt is that picture. He wants to pull us in a place of bondage. He wants us to pull us back into a place of idolatry. He wants to pull us away from God. We are in this constant, this constant battle of our spirit wanting to be close to God and our flesh saying, no, I don't want to be anywhere near Him. And it's a place of compromise. It's a picture of the pull of the world. I want to notice you. I want to show you notice you. That's great. I want to show you today the temptation here to conform. When we get to this place in Exodus 8, God has already brought four plagues upon the land of Egypt. He had turned the Nile into blood, right? It's a freshwater river. He turned it into blood. He had sent the frogs that covered all of the land. He made the dust and turned into a bunch of just lice. And then he sent the swarms of flies throughout all of the land. Now, now remember, none of this... Uh, it touched Goshen. Remember that? Israel lives up here, up in the Goshen area, and none of these plagues 
uh, were there. And we said a few weeks ago, that even the Egyptians were finally going, all right, I, yeah, another play coming. I think we're going to believe this one and start putting our stuff in the garage, right? Start hiding stuff up. And so Pharaoh, by this point, four, four plagues, Pharaoh had promised to let the people go during the plague of the frogs. But when God removed the frogs, what did Pharaoh do? Well, no, tell you why. See, this is why some people never get victory in their life. Because they, they fall into sin, they, they walk into sin, whatever it is. They get into sin, they come before God, and they understand their sin. They're coming to a place of confession, uh, a place of just, just repentance. And uh, God forgives, and the joy comes back, and then it's like, oh. And then you go along as at other times. And you, and, and you, and, and you don't take the proper precautions to... To continue with what you know what to do. This is where Pharaoh is. Pharaoh says, oh, frogs are terrible. This is awful. Well, let us go out. Okay, fine. I'll let you go out. Removes the frogs. Eh, never mind. All is well now. Right? All is well. Exodus 8.25, And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye sacrifice to the God in your land. They could sacrifice, but they had to do it in Egypt. This is what Pharaoh was saying. You can go sacrifice, do what you want. You can go serve God. You can have your relationship with God, but you need to do it here, right? Friend, that doesn't work, does it? How many have tried to serve God in the flesh? How many? (laughs) It doesn't work, does it? Yeah. It can work for a little while. It can look good for a little while, but uh, it doesn't work very long. See, Pharaoh's invitation to Moses was that they could go out and sacrifice and worship as long as they didn't leave Egypt. Go ahead and worship among the idols. Go ahead and worship among the idolatry. I mean, friend, have you, have you seen the average church service today in the United States of America? Have you seen the idolatry? Have you seen the worldliness? Have you seen the carnality? Go ahead and worship among the world. What a crazy, what a crazy lie they're being fed. And this is, this is the bad thing. These people, of course, they like it as their flesh and our flesh likes this stuff. But the people that are looking to those leaders that are, that they're putting their hope and trust in are lying to them from the word of God. They're lying to them and they're teaching them something unbiblical and, and, and they're stunting their growth if they're in Christ of moving forward. It's a sad thing. It really is. That's where we're living today, isn't it? There was an interview with a man. He had lived to be about 100 years old. He was 100 years old. How close are you, brother? Oh, you're getting close. I knew it. And the reporter asked the, this man, the 100-year-old man, what do you think the best thing is be, about being your age, being 100? What's the best thing? He said, no peer pressure. <laughs> No, why? They're all gone. All the peers are gone. Yeah. It affects all of us, doesn't it? Peer pressure. It, it does. It affects us in different ways. Right? Don't expect a raise if you... If you... Uh, hang out with your peers after work, right? You can still be a Christian and go to church and be religious, but uh, just do what we do, Right? You know what's funny? The same, the same world that wants you to come out and be among them is the same world who gets sick at our hypocrisy when you live that way. And they say, oh, I, th- I thought you were a Christian. I didn't know Christians did that. Well, you're asking me to do it, <laughs> right? Yeah, they'll, they'll never be satisfied. Quit trying to please them, would you? Right. 
I had somebody, a family member, said something about about uh, some of the, the 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 ills among Baptists and the bad things going on in Baptist churches. Well, like there's bad things going on everywhere, right? And I said, well, isn't that funny? I said because uh, uh, you don't like you, you think we're too narrow in our preaching. I would think you, you're you're disgusted with 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 a hypocrisy. You'd be glad that we preached against sin and hypocrisy, but you don't like that either, right? They don't like any of it, right? So quit trying to please them. That's what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, just quit trying to please them. It's an invitation to stay in the land, right? I was I worked for a company up in Springfield, and uh, more on a subcontract basis in sales. I was in the sign sign company, sign business, and uh, one of the owners said, uh, "Hey, do you have any good casino contra- contacts?" I said, "No, I don't." And he goes, "Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we we like doing the casinos." I said, "Well, I don't do them. I won't sell to a casino." Just chaps my hide, right? And I said, uh, as a Christian, I don't, I don't, I don't sell to casinos. He goes, oh, oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I got a friend. Here it goes. I got a friend. Oh, he's a good Christian man. Good, does Bible studies at his house, and he has no problem selling to casinos. I said, oh, that's good. Okay. I don't. He said, okay, right? No, you're constantly asked to compromise. You're constantly asked to come out and. Uh, and, and, and to have your religion in the world and do the same thing. But listen, there's some things we can't do. There's some things as, as children of God we can't do. There's some things you didn't let your kids do, friend, right? Yeah, you, know the, you know the whole line, well, well if, you're, you know, if your friends were jumping off a bridge, would you jump too? You remember that whole thing? Yeah. Or we didn't let our daughter go to a birthday party one time because we knew the family. Yes, they were in the same Christian school and everything else. And uh, she wanted to go to a birthday party. We said, no, you're not going. Well, the whole class is going, yeah, you're not going. Sorry. Now, friend, I don't like that. I don't like to have to be that way, right? You want your kids to go. But listen, it was bad. You know what happened? They all got in trouble. They got got the birthday party with spray paint in the bridge. It's like, see, that's why you weren't there. Bunch of dummies, right? Come out from among them, right? Come out from among them and and, uh, be a separate. Amen. I want to notice, secondly, I'm going to finish up here. I'm not going to get very far. There's a conforming invitation. Pharaoh said, no, just stay here. The invitation of the world. Just stay in the world. Live your Christianity in the world. Right. Yeah. Some of you have been around that, and it was, it is, it was, it was pretty nauseating. One, you get kind of tired of watching supposed Christians that didn't live like a believer, right? And listen, I'm not talking about the normal struggles of the flesh on a day-to-day basis. I understand that, but I'm talking about those. They just, they have no desire, no appetite to live for God. They'll, they'll, they'll do their duty on Sunday, and they live like the, like the, like the devil the rest of the week. It's, it's irritating to watch that. But that is the invitation of the world. But notice this, Moses responded. Verse 26, chapter 8, verse 26. And Moses said, it is not meet so to do, for we shall sacrifice the abominations of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. And lo, we shall, and lo, I'm sorry, lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes? And they will, and, the, and will they not stone us? Now see, the, the sheep and the cattle, these were all objects of worship to the Egyptians. So what essentially what, what Moses was going to be doing, what the children of Israel were doing, was going to be taking all of their pagan idolatry and, and killing it and, and offering it up as a sacrifice. He said, you, your people are going to stone us if we do that here. 
Yeah, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do it. And so, what did Moses do? He chose to obey God. He chose to obey God. Friend, we see this all throughout the all throughout the Word of God. Why did Naboth go to his death? I mean, think about it. For a piece of dirt and land, I've been there. I've stood up there, supposedly where the vineyard was, where where, where Ahab's uh, where Ahab's uh, house was. It's a beautiful spot. I would have tried to steal it too. It's beautiful. <laughs> what did Naboth say? The Lord forbid it. No, friend, he went to his death, stones cast at him till he was dead because God told him no. Conviction. This is what Moses did. You see it all through the word of God. People stood up and said, no, we're not going to do that. No, the Lord forbid. Joseph, when, when Joseph was approached by Potiphar's wife, and he said, how can I do this great sin against God? What did he say? He said, no, I'm not going to do it. Conviction, not compromise. Conviction. Conviction. I love that. There's a temptation to conform, and the temptation then was to compromise. Look at verse 28 through 32. I like this definition of compromise. Compromise is, key, compromise is keeping oneself close enough to the world to still be influenced by it and kept it and kept in bondage. To it. Let me read that again because I butchered that. Compromise is keeping oneself close enough to the world to still be influenced by it and kept in bondage to it. Maybe that made more sense. I hope so. Yeah. Verse 28. I don't know why I keep turning my pages. I don't need to. Verse 20. Here we go. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only ye shall not go very far away. Entreat for me. And Moses said, Behold, I go out from thee and I will entreat the Lord uh, that the swarm of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants and from his people tomorrow. But let not Pharaoh deal deceitfully anymore in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. And Moses went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses. And he removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh, from his servants and from his people. There remained not one. And Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also. Neither would he let the people go. Yeah. So he gives them a proposal. And I'm going to probably stop here. Here's the proposal. Go worship God. Just don't get carried away with it. Harold Seitler one time said, uh, he said, uh, my family had awful high hopes for your pastor one day. He said, but they lost all hope because he went plumb wild over religion. (laughs) Yeah, he got too too carried away with it, right? Some of your family thinks that too. You'd go to church on Sunday morning. oh, Oh, that's fine. Sunday night? Wednesday night? What? What's this Saturday thing? What's this? You got a special event? What is, you know, you just, you got, you take things way too, too seriously, right? Too seriously. Yeah. Compromise. You know what's sad? Churches are accommodating the compromise. No Sunday night service. No Wednesday night service. There's definitely no soul winning anymore. There's definitely no door knocking anymore. They're giving into the compromise. Let me ask you this. Do you really think that that compromise came from God, right? 
God really put out there, tell you what, why don't we just start, I know what I said in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, I know what I said, but tell you what, why don't we just kind of back off assembling a little bit for a while? I don't think that came from God, do you? Micah, have you found that anywhere? No? Okay. If you do, let me know. Because we're going to live it up. If he can find that, we're going to be, man, we're going to be doing good. Yeah. I'm going to wind this up for today. The men and the women that changed the world are the men and the women who wouldn't compromise and couldn't be changed by it. Men and women. Moses was one of those men. He wasn't going to compromise. So as far as I uh, have read, it was said that Willie Nelson, when he was starting out his music career, he would play in the bars and the honky-tonks around Dallas during the week. And at Sunday, on Sundays, he'd find himself in his church until finally, eventually, the pastor told uh, old Willie, you're going to have to choose one or the other. You can't do both. You can't have this lifestyle. This is what he said, quote, I decided to stay with the beer joints. The preacher sounded so wrong to me that I quit the Baptist church. Yeah, you didn't quit. You were never there anyway in the first place. Yeah. Compromise. Moses made a good choice. Right? You can't be a friend with the world and a friend with God. You got to choose, right? James 4, 4, ye adulterers and adulteresses. No, you're not. That friendship with the world is enmity with God. Do you see where he brought that? He brought that to a relationship. One of the deepest cuts of a relationship, in a relationship, adultery. And God said, when you go out to the world, it is an act of infidelity towards me. Boy, that's pretty serious, friend. That's pretty serious. Are you being drawn out today? Are you being drawn out? You say, man, this doesn't sound like Sunday school. All right, I'm sorry. I'm still going to ask. Are you being drawn away from God? Right. Listen, don't buy the lie. The joy isn't there. The peace isn't there. The contentment is not there. Trust the ones that have tried it. It doesn't work, friend. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. Don't compromise. We've got enough compromisers. We've got enough of them. And, and let me show you that. You know, the, the mess that the United States of America is in today is in a mess because believers compromised. Not because of the lost world, right? Because believers c- compromised. Yeah. I, think, I, I find it so funny, not funny, ironic, not ironic, sad, irritating, that, that church, churches, believers, are wringing their hands over the state of America. They're wringing their hands over transgenderism and, 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 and they're wringing their hands over this gender, uh, gender fluidity and this gender dysphoria. And it's like, hello, they can't find gender roles in a church anymore. What, what do you think they're confused about? I mean, at least at one point in life, they could have seen, well, that's what a man looks like. Oh, that's what a woman looks like. That's how a man acts. Oh, that's how a woman acts. They can't even, they don't even, they're not even finding anywhere. Compromise. Compromise. I know. I meddled. So let's, let's, uh, hey, let's not buy the lie. What do you say? Let's not buy the lie. And uh, we'll just continue on with God. Has he ever been wrong yet? Has anybody found him wrong yet?
Yeah, I know you don't want to speak up now, but no, you haven't. So we'll just stay that way. Let's do that. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you. Compromise, it's all around us. And we're being pulled. We, are, we, we still have this flesh. It's not been put in the dirt yet. And uh, we still battle it. And God, would you help us? Would you help us? Would you open our eyes? Would you keep our eyes clear and open? Would you keep us uh, just um, plugged into your word? And, and uh, would you help us uh, keep, to keep our heart right and un, unspotted by the flesh in this world? And Lord, would you keep us close to you? Uh, the world is lying to us. They're lying. We know they're lying to us. And we know you're right. Would you help us not to compromise? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Say hello to one another. Say nice things.